Radio's iScore with Cara O'Donovan. Now, I was only just thinking the other day that it's uh, a little bit more than a couple of years um, since John Delaney left the FAI. Left in disgrace, may I add. Uh, but look, ever since then, we've had so much talk about the new FAI and all the reforms and everything's looking rosy. Um, but is it just a pure job or has things really changed? Well, earlier on today, I was talking to former Republic of Ireland player Gareth Farley to get his take on it. Here's what he had to say. Gareth, thanks a million for joining us on the show today. Now, um, it is only just a couple of years since John Delaney left. Um, we, we've seen so much about reforms. Uh, have the FAI made good progress, in your opinion, so far? Um, oh, interesting question, Cara. <laughs> good progress? I, I think it's very, very difficult to actually fully assess where the FAI are up to with regards to governance reforms changes, because I think... As you know, with regards to sport, everything moves so quickly mm. that it's very, very difficult to get an actual handle on where we are up to. I think what we're dealing with at the moment is very, very uh, accomplished PR with regards to a slate of hand as to what everybody should be looking at and focusing their attention on, rather than dealing with some serious issues that I feel still haven't been dealt with satisfactorily. I don't. It's a great question, but I just don't think it has an easy answer. Yeah, no, I, and, and I agree with you on that. And you've mentioned there the PR. I mean, it's something that I associate with a lot of sports organisations that they put a huge amount of resources into PR and, and they do a very good job. But does that cover over a lot of the cracks and not necessarily typically address them? Well, I think one of the interesting things you could look at as a start point with regards to the FAI, right? You have a situation where the current chair of the FAI who was lauded and celebrated as he went into his role, didn't make the shortlist of 82 for that role in the first place. So what happens is any, anyone now that would have the temerity to raise any issues around that will be told, oh, forget about that. It's time to move on. Everything's moved on. And you never actually get an answer. So it's very difficult to hold anybody to task when you have a situation where reasonable questions that are asked are never dealt with. And then you basically move into a new cycle where a new group are telling you how they're different to the old group and everything has changed. But fundamentally, from a governance and transparency point of view, which is in many ways what these people built their campaigns on having an involvement in the FAI on, don't actually show any real change. So you just move into a cycle of rhetoric and it gets to a point where people become exhausted by it, apathetic to it, and then have no interest in being involved anymore. And I think, unfortunately, in sports governance, that's... That's what happens in many cases. I think there's brilliant people that could be involved, but invariably they make a, a decision for their own well-being and frustration that it's better not to actually take the step because nothing really changes. Yeah, uh, and you made a very good point there, you know, where, where people say, look, everything's changed and, and, and people that do ask questions, they're told to move on and to just leave it. Uh, I wanted to talk about the media's role in all of this. Now, in, in fairness, we wouldn't have ever got to this point where, uh, where say, the likes of John Delaney had stepped down without people speaking up and uh, maybe the work of, of some journalists, Mark Ty and Paul Rowan in the Sunday Times, but have the media then also been part of this kind of uh, just back off this and, and like they did their bit at the time and, and now they're just like, oh, let's just get on with it and, and, and go back to go back to normal and not ask questions. Mark and Paul did a terrific job, as did the Sunday Times, because fundamentally they were prepared to step step up and take a stand against John Delaney and the tactics that he'd actually incorporated over a period of years, which again was quite primitive, threatened people 
threatened legal action and he was um, confident enough that these people wouldn't wouldn't take it to the next level. And that's what changed. But I think even within that, the one person that should be spoken about in more detail is the whistleblower. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, there's a danger that whistleblowers get left behind with stories. Now, they still have a decision to make as, it, as to whether they wanted exposure or not. But for me, again, with regards to the FAI scandal as an example, that only came about because of the whistleblower who was prepared to release the initial information around the loan, which is basically where the whole house of cards came falling down. And it's the same in other sports, Carl. Like it's part of your part of your DNA now, like player activism or athlete yeah. activism is that invariably the whistleblowers are the people that are incredibly brave, incredibly resilient, the people that look to put the first crack in these kind of empires and the empires come falling down, but then the whistleblowers get left behind and there's a new self-appreciation society that's developed from other people telling everybody how great they were to bring the house down in the first place. So I just think these are all things that you kind of have to be conscious and aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things, you know, the, the FBI are, are not by any means on their own. This is uh, something that we've seen across the globe with sports. And uh, on the show here I, a few weeks back, I spoke to a researcher and professor, David Lav- Lavely. Uh, he researched multiple sports organizations. Karen, David is incredible. Yeah, yeah. One of the best people you could speak to. He's awesome. Absolutely. And one of the things that struck me about what he said is that with all the research he's done, all the sports organizations across multiple countries is fundamentally sports organisations don't change they in fact possibly go back to even worse than where they are before so one of the things without going to maybe pinpointing a particular organisation like what do you think needs to happen in sport in order so we don't have a repeat of the FAI because maybe you know sport regulating itself is, is not the way forward anymore well, there's huge challenges at the moment, isn't there? And there's huge scrutiny around whether sport does actually have the ability to govern itself. And it's always been able to rely on autonomy and an understanding that those who are involved in sports are best equipped to be able to manage it and regulate it themselves. And I think what we have now globally is that people are actually standing up now, be it through athlete activism, be it through different scandals, that that actual principle is being challenged and will continue to be challenged. What I feel is needed is that we need more diversity of thought, if you like, with regards to a media that moves from being a client journalist relationship with regards to these associations, federations, because they're reliant on them to broadening the discourse, if you like, or having more people with a a different opinion or different experience, because at least then there's a chance that the public become more educated and more informed and they move away from accepting mere rhetoric or PR or just being told a particular, you know, story over and over again, because the fundamental reality is like David Lavely is exceptional. And, and I'm really, really fortunate to speak to him a lot about like different subjects. But the point is his, his reality and his experience is that it's like the classic adage lessons will be learned. Fundamentally, the lessons are never learned. And those in power or authority understand the public understand the audience they know that sport moves that quickly that within 48 hours of mania and reflection that they can look to return to normal service and that's what happens and i think it's it goes beyond the fai politics wherever you want to go with it it's a really really challenging time at the moment but as like i say that athlete activism point again is that from people's dna that they care about their sports they care about change they care about the athletes 
and they want they want athletes to have more of a say in the regulation and governance of sport moving forward. Now again, the challenge will be whether that actually becomes practicable or whether it becomes a reality. I think that's what we'll all push for, but there's no guarantee that that will happen. And that's why sometimes it becomes incredibly frustrating because you have the scandal, you have the you know, the kickback against that, you have scrutiny, you have people that have been able to monopolize and abuse their position for a number of years, but then fundamentally everything um, reverts to reverts to type. So the FAI, from that position where everything is being scrutinized, you then very quickly return to a dormancy, which is like, well, just let them get on with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I find that very, very difficult. Yeah, 100%. I find it incredible. Look, I find it baffling, but it just happens. Like we we had the same a few years ago with the former Olympic Council of Ireland. It's now the Olympic Federation of Ireland. And like nobody's allowed to question them. It's just like, it's incredible. But, you know, and I suppose, you know, I've given the FAI maybe a bit of flack, but what about Sport Ireland and all of this? Like they are literally the bankrolling of all these sports organisations and they just seem to kind of go, oh, that's not our problem. We're not a regulator. Do you think they have a bigger part or should have a bigger part to play when it comes to, you know, the transparency that you talk about within the FAI? Well, you see, the challenge, Carla, what happens then is if you're the person that stood up and looking to criticise or shine a light on or hold people to account, then you become the maverick. You become the outlier. And people then will look to actually undermine you as opposed to say, this is somebody that we think speaks a lot of sense and can bring a lot of value and integrity to what what they're speaking about. Not only are you educated, but you're well informed and you have an understanding of what best practice would look like. The challenge with Sport Ireland is similar to everybody is that when a scandal presents itself, where there's been so many conflicts of interest over a period of years and so many relationships, if you like, that governance 101 people would have flagged immediately as being potentially challenging or difficult nobody paid any attention to it so what happens then is as opposed to looking at dealing with the problem first question becomes how do we protect ourselves here and sport ireland would be a perfect example of that but sport ireland and the new fai have funded them to 13.2 million euros last year they were able to access like sport in, in with regards to the fai you're talking about a model where Sport Ireland, as an example, we're, we're able to give them 5.8 million. The COVID relief fund was slightly different. So again, we're back to a situation where nobody really knows what the true, true financial position of the FAI is. There's always a different conversation or topic that means you don't have to give that level of scrutiny to governance issues that other people would want and would actually then engage more people because what you'd be seeing is true accountability. And that just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I suppose hopefully there will be some change. I think the more, you know, we have people like yourself talking about it, uh, the, the, we, we no, have... No, Cara, Cara, just as a point there, sorry to interrupt you, but it's the hope business. There's no reality to it. Sport, supporters, they have different objectives. They have different goals. So it's even more important that there is a fourth estate, if you like, or people talk about the role of the media and like, holding these people to account and asking them questions. And I think from an investigative point of view, that's an area that like really, really needs to be looked at because I've, I've said it, there's some, there's some brilliant journalists at home. And, and there's an irony for me is that the good people contact you privately and say they're not able to do what they want to do or they would turn around and say to you that they're beholden to editors with regard to what they can and can't say. And that's still the case. Yeah. So again, through a slate of hands, you've got people jumping up and down on the one hand saying, 
we need change and celebrating the fact that we've brought the the walls down. But the reality is, there's no real change at all. Yeah. And and, and again, I'm I'm fine with that, Carla. I'm fine with that. But people should be told that. So basically, if that's how it's going to be, say fine. And um, I'm not in a position to be able to do that because at least then people can uh, draw their own inferences or conclusions. The difficulty you have is they engage then in this dance again, which is like new FAI and everything just continues as it was before. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, uh, I can't, I find it impossible to even argue with what you're saying because um, I, I completely, you, you can see this, it repeats itself over and over again in, in so many different organisations. But I suppose we can only, I, I, I mean, I can only anyway hope that some people will will talk about it a bit more and that we will continue or at least get back to being a little bit more or providing a bit more scrutiny of sports organisations like the FAI and, and their transparency and their reforms and, and just hope that we can make a bit of change here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why voices like yours are so important, Cara. And it's happening, isn't it? You know, you know from your network, you know from sports that it, it is happening now. And unionisation, people are becoming better informed. People have got horror stories that they're opening up about and talking about their own experiences. And, and they... They have a genuine desire for meaningful change. And as, and as I say, they're, they're not prepared to just accept the status quo of what's always been the case about, oh, well, let's just move on. And, that, and that's that cyclical element again, is that the scandal has moved on now. Now we have to rebuild. There's a particular agenda that we need to promote um, and we'll deal with that. And, and I think the more educated an athlete or ex-athlete base become, then they're going to get stronger and stronger and they need to be involved in the decision-making of governance and sport. And, and, and again, that's not just athletes who have necessarily big profiles, platforms, or he who shouts loudest, mm. but that's the right athletes. And I think that's where, that's where your hope comes from. And the fact that there are other investigative journalists or there are other platforms and organizations that are developing now that are not only finding their voice, but they're becoming established. And the hope is that they'll be supported and continue to get stronger as time goes on. Yeah. Because the media, the media is changing. It's, the media is changing. And as I say, how we consume our media is changing as well. I think sometimes at home it's quite challenging because it's, it's an island that's so small that there's that interdependency and relationships again. And I think sometimes that's not, that's not healthy. But what tends to happen is they'll jump up and down about a conflict of interest in relation to something else or if they're trying to undermine somebody equally with regards to the credibility of a voice as opposed to addressing the hypocrisy around that themselves. Yeah. Uh, well, Gareth, listen, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for talking to us. No worries. Lovely to speak to you. iRadio's iScore with Cara O'Donovan.